You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Radio Mankato's Jeff Lang. Each week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight. Have you ever thought about the name of the street you live on? Mm -hmm. Maybe it follows a pattern like presidents or trees or famous golf courses, or perhaps it's just a number like second or fifth. Mulberry, Madison, Warren, Agency, these are all familiar streets in Mankato. You may live on Mulberry, take Madison to work every morning, or Agency may be the street where you rode your bike as a kid. But have you ever wondered why is this street named Warren? Who was that? When we take a moment to ask those questions about our community, we begin to see the story of Mankato's history in our everyday lives, the history that surrounds us. Today, we will explore Mankato Street Names Part 2, based on some of our very early settlers and the impact they had on the budding community. So let's jump right in and be... You don't, you don't want to recap the fact that Marsh Street was not named after a marsh? <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> that, that one was still... It bothers me. I told my friend about it, and they said, well, that's what I heard from my grandpa. And I'm okay. like, well, your grandpa was wrong. All right. So what you're, what Jeff is referring <laughs> to is that we did a part one last week or the previous episode, and um, we just wanted to keep going with this. We wanted to keep going. And so last last time we talked about Jackson Street, Warren Street, and Marsh Street, which mm-hmm. is not named for the marshy land that it was potentially on. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> and Gunther Street and Hubble Street. So, or Hubble Avenue. Um, so these are some of the, the different uh, streets that we've already talked about. And this week, we're going to talk about um, streets that have connections, that ha- they have two things in common. Okay. One thing they have in common is all of these men end up serving as the mayor of our fair city. Oh. And the second thing they all have in common is a connection to land and natural resources. Gotcha. All right. So here are some more of our Mankato street names. So we're going to start out with George Maxfield. He was born in West Virginia in 1810. In 1853, like many of our very early settlers, he, along with the James Hanna family, do you recognize the Hanna name? Uh, yes, because that was the school teacher? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So James Hanna was her father. So the um, the family, they all traveled to Mankato together to make their homes. Um, together, these two families built a warehouse building that eventually would be a warehouse, but it was being used as a home for the two families until they could build their own individual homes. This um, particular warehouse building was the first frame building built in Blue Earth County back in 1853. Wow. Maxfield acquired his claim on the north end of the city to build his home. Maxfield was a wagon builder by trade, um, but, and that's what he planned to do while he was living here in Mankato, but after he's seeing all of the limestone on and near his property, he really got a different idea in mind. He decided to open a stone quarry to meet the needs for quality construction material. So late in 1853, he opened the first stone quarry in Mankato. He built the first stone house using stone from that quarry in 1855, 
which at that time, that first building was intended as the office for the quarry. Okay. That building is still standing oh on Riverfront Drive near Madison Avenue. As soon as you started saying that, I was like, oh, I bet you that. Just for some reason, I had a vibe that that's the building that's next to Domino's. Yep. How did I know that? That is so cool. Because that building doesn't look that old. It actually mm-hmm. looks pretty well upkept. Yeah, and, and it's and one it, of the first stone building in Mankato. One of the first. One of the first. One, one of the, the first. first. So the the that building. Um, so there could be a little bit of a glitch. I think that that building um, that we know of on Riverfront Drive may date back a little bit later, a little bit earlier, maybe closer to the eighteen nineties, nineteen hundred. Oh. oh. But I think it's in the same location. Okay. Okay. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, in 1861, so um, he's been in Mankato now for a few, almost, well, actually, almost a decade, almost a decade, um, is when he built his his personal stone house. And he built it at 816 eight, North 2nd Street, just south of the quarry. That building is still standing as Save More Antiques. Oh, okay. So that was Maxfield's house. And the story goes that the walls were 15 inches thick with limestone um, is how that house was was a massively built house. So initially, the quarried stone that um, was a whole purpose for Maxfield opening the quarry was to be used for foundations and and stairs and different things like that, all as an alternative to frame houses and framed buildings. Um, but as you can imagine, as the demand increased, so did the quarry, and it kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, by the 1870s, the Business was booming because in 1868, the railroad lines started coming through Mankato. Once that happened, then it was wide open for the um, quarry to then be getting some of their product outside of the local market. Um, Maxfield operated the stone quarry um, until he retired in 1853. His son carried on the business. Not um, not 53. That's when he came here, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Too many numbers. 1883. Ah, okay. I was like, 53 is not right. Time travel. I know. Time travel. He operated <laughs> it for 30 years, and then his son took it over until it was sold to T.R. Coughlin in 1897. Coughlin, we know, is the Coughlin quarries. Sh- is that the Coughlin companies that we know of today, then? Yes. Okay. So that building, back to that building on Riverfront Drive, hmm. you will see T.R. Coughlin um, engraved in that building, oh, which so is why that particular building on Riverfront may date more, more to, Cof- to yeah to Coughlin quarries, but it may be in a similar location or maybe it, an upgrade on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, so I don't want to go on the record book saying that that is the oldest I, building because yeah, I may be wrong. Protect yourself. I hear I you. May be wrong. Okay. So here is Maxfield's connection to city government. He served as on the city's first. Board of Aldermen, which would be the city council. Okay. He served as mayor from 1882 to 1884, and he was city treasurer for seven years. Maxfield Street is located on the north end of our community. So you're trying, I can tell you're trying to figure out where is Maxfield Street. I was going to say, is it in the Turtle Lot area? It's not Turtle Lot. It's, it's across from Riverfront Drive. So if oh, you it's know, on the north side then. Yeah, if you know you like where Incy Prince is located, yep. there, that's Maxfield. Oh, okay. Perfect. So there you go. All right, so that is our first gentleman that we're going to talk about today. The second one is about Kearney Avenue. Kearney Avenue is in West Mankato. Yep. 
Um, and it is named after Patrick H. Carney. He was mayor of Mankato in 1886 to 1888, so very similar time period, just followed right after um, Maxfield. Um, he was born in Ireland in 1838 and emigrated to Buffalo, New York in 1844. He resided in Buffalo until 56 when he moved to Illinois and later Indiana. Finally, by 1866, he came to Minnesota, um, but he was living up in Minneapolis. Eventually, 1871 is when he finally gets down to Mankato. So a so, long journey to get here. This is the one part that I find interesting about our podcast when we read these things. All the moving these people do. I know. Like, for, like people move now, too, and I get that, and it's easy. But it, to me, it's also really cumbersome to try to move now. But yet, this gentleman moved in the 1800s, like, all the time. Right. And it's right. just crazy to think about that. You start out in uh, Ireland, you make your way to New York, and then mm-hmm. you pick up, you go to Illinois and to Indiana. You must just sell your furniture every time, if you have any, for right. that record. Right, And then just go to the next place. Yeah. You have to buy a new TV someplace else. Uh, they didn't have TVs oh. back then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you couldn't load up the caravan either. So, um, so yeah. I mean, yeah, you think about those challenges, yet how mobile they were. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. So um, so here's his story in Mankato. He was engaged in the wholesale wine, liquor, and cigar business. Booming. Um, uh, yep. Uh, for a frontier community, I'm sure it was. Uh, he was alderman, again, city council for Mankato until 1886 when he was elected as mayor, which we mentioned before. In 1888, he was appointed postmaster by the president of the United States, Grover Cleveland. Okay. Because it is a federal branch. Okay. Um, in 1890, he took over management of the Mankato Cement Works, then owned by the Standard Cement Company, where he made various improvements and helped to build the company. The company soon became known as the Carney Cement Company under the leadership of his son, Harry. Um, the plant was located near the Blue Earth River on the west side of Woodland Avenue in West Mankato and operated until the 1980s. Oh, wow. 1980s. I'm not, yeah, not incorrect I, on that one. <laughs> so the manufacture of cement, like quarrying and brick making, was a pioneer industry that helped to grow and build Mankato. Very cool. And Carney goes down in the record books as a significant contributor of the cement industry. All right. Okay, so our third gentleman, um, <clears throat> it is hard to imagine our beautiful Mankato without Sibley Park. Would you agree? Correct. All right. Whether you like to walk around, take your family to the playground, attend uh, community events such as our incredible Kiwanis Holiday Lights, um, it's an integral part of our community. And, we, and we've talked in detail about the park before on a previous podcast as well. Yes, we have. Um, so this gentleman is responsible for Mankato having Sibley Park. Okay. His name is Albert Fow. He, it's not, say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's how you want to say it. And I am not going to say it that way because I'm sure there are family members who are oh, very upset with that. I'm sorry. But, but you get to say it that way. Um, so he was the man responsible and he is who Fow Street is named after. That's on Hilltop from Calvary Cemetery which we've talked about before in a podcast, all the way over to Main Street. Um, Fow was born in Prussia 
1847 and left for America with his parents two years later when he was a two-year-old. Unfortunately, both of his parents died on the voyage oh here. Oh, So he was an orphan. When he arrived in New York, he was then raised by fa- friends of the family. Um, and then from an early age, he felt an obligation for civic duty. Toward the end of the Civil War, he enlisted to fight for the Union. Though he did not fight for long, friends say that his time in the war left an impression on him. After the war, in 1868, he moved to Wisconsin for a short time and passed the bar exam. He moved to Mankato, where he practiced law and was county attorney for seven years and the city attorney of Mankato for one year. Wow. In 1887, he ran for mayor for the first time. He served for two years and went back to practicing law. In 1897, 10 years after his first term as mayor, he ran a second time. He did not expect to win, but he did. This term, he was set on lowering the debt of Mankato. Under his administration, the land of Sibley Park was purchased and plans for the park were solidified. He was also responsible for building Mankato's Central Fire Station, which was located on 2nd on Street, and establishing okay. the water and sewer system. He used much of his own money to build up the city of Mankato. At the end of his term, Fowle returned to practicing law until in 1907 he was appointed judge of the 6th District by Governor John A. Johnson. It was a seat he held for 12 years, and he died in 1918 at the age of 71. Wow, he did a lot. And it's one of those things... Okay, we talked about the moving around all the time. Mm-hmm. And in this case, just doing so many things. Like before, so you got the moving around, and you, like now you usually move around and you do one job. And that right. wasn't the way right. it was then. They had to no. do all these jobs. Like the thing about all those things he did, and then I, I want to – do you know? I bet, I'm guessing you don't off the top of your head. What was – he wanted to reduce the debt of Mankato. What, like, what was it, 20 bucks then? And I yeah, yeah, know. I don't know. It's, I, it's, I'm sure it was more than 20 bucks, but still, like, probably mm-hmm. nothing compared to what that kind of stuff would oh, be now. Oh, goodness, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Just the but, fact that that was a platform he could stand on still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's a very – you look back at, at all three of these gentlemen and you realize the, the lasting legacy they left. I mean, if Maxfield – wouldn't have somebody else probably would have but Maxfield was the one that looked at our landscape and said we can use this and and you look over our community and you look at every foundation of every home or every business is that beautiful limestone yeah and those old houses that have just the limestone basements and mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it not the well but what is it called down there oh the cistern the cistern yeah you know and all and- those just like the way they're set up in the basement out of all that rock yep and that's that's all because of Maxfield. Mm-hmm. He's the one. He's the person who saw that as an, as an opportunity, obviously for himself and his family, but also as an opportunity for our community to grow. And then it was very common. Um, not I shouldn't say it in a in a general way, but having a cement company in town, you think about that as the that's the mortar that's going with all of this limestone to hold it all together. Right. right. So you realize the tie and why. Tie-in. Yep. And it's why it's so important that we had that right here and it was being produced and it was another natural resource mm-hmm. that they were figuring out how to use. Now, fun it's it's interesting to me because I just it just dawned on me. We're talking about limestone here. They had the mm-hmm. uh, the man uh, the the cement company here. Um, I grew up in Springfield, which is mm-hmm. Brown County. Right. And there was a different kind of ground. Here you got the limestone. There they got the clay. Right. And we had the brick company. Right. We did have brick. We also had brick companies in um, 
Blue Earth County and Nicola County. Okay. Um, primarily in North Mankato, the perfect place you can see this is Wheeler Park. So you know how Wheeler Park is basically dug out? Yeah. And that's because it was a brickyard. Really? Really. Why was why didn't be dug out because of that? Like do you know? Because that's where they that's where the clay was the richest. Oh, right so, there. So so they that is where they built their their brickyard and they were they were making the brick there because of that natural resource that clay okay. that was all right there. Wow. Okay. See, that's very interesting. So all that was here too. There's more, mm-hmm. more than just the limestone obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, there were a lot of natural resources. And then of course the river and all of the water and so between the the natural resources of the stones and the the clays and the cements, you also had obviously a very um, fertile agricultural land mm-hmm. as well. Up on and, top of the hill, you went, and then there you go. Yeah, exactly. There, so it there. was. I can imagine that's why all of these settlers said this is the place to to set up camp. It's you, everybody we talked about came here like 1853, mm-hmm. and so obviously it's how do you know like how do they get the word? I mean, everybody came to Mankato. They hear something, <laughs> but how do they get the word out that there's a new settlement? How does that? I oh. mean, just word of mouth, I'm guessing? Yeah, word of mouth, but there were also, um, I think in 1853, it's still very much the, a land boom, and so they're out to find land. People are just moving around looking for us anyway. Right, right, they and just, then shortly after that, then it really becomes more of a, a, a campaign because the, the state to become a state, we need more people. Right. Okay. So you're all, you're going to be out there recruiting people to come to Minnesota. So mm-hmm. it can go from a territory that has started in 1849 to a state that it became in 1858. So your population has to grow. Got so you. they are going to be encouraging people to come. Okay. And that makes sense. And then I, I also go from that and then also think about the fact that Who's the people like it's incredible? All these people came in 1853 and they made these big things. Now, one, I'm sure other people came that we don't mm-hmm. know about at all mm-hmm. and didn't make a splash. As or much. you'll learn about them oh, next. We'll learn about them next. <laughs> but then at the same time, who's the people who are going to be out most likely to make a change and like go create something new? The entrepreneurs who have got these mm-hmm. ideas. And so I guess then it does make sense that they're the ones who are out doing that. Yeah. And why they appropriately get in streets named after right, them. Because so we don't forget them. Yeah. Right. So and we so don't forget who they it's are. It's so cool to hear all these things that go from Marsh Street again, <laughs> but then like Warren Street, which you just take for granted on some of those roads. Oh, like you just yeah. think, oh, it's just the name of the road. If right. you, but you don't actually dive into the thought of, well, why is it called that? And exactly. I, okay, I do because I'm weird <laughs> like that, I think. You're weird like me. But that's there, why. Okay, see, perfect. Mm-hmm. Other people, I'm sure, just go, cool. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many more roads. Is there another? Do we get the new part three of this at all? Oh, we, we, we have to. Okay. I, I have so many more stories to tell I feel you. So, I feel so silly. I'm, like, actually excited about all this. I know. Learning about I have these more people stories. and more why stories. they get a new road named after them. Yep. More so, I'm taking notes. What do I need to do to get a road named after <laughs> me? Would it be Lang Street or Stunk Monkey Road? I, <laughs> well, now I have to get two roads named after me. So you've got a lot to do. I, exactly. And so exactly. It's, it's just really cool to hear these stories and hear all these came about. And like I said, the fun part is also knowing that it all happened at the same time when there wasn't a lot of stuff and like transportation was hard, yeah. but yet they all made the move and they all did what they did. So I know it, it, the early settlement of Mankato, it, the entrepreneurship and the the the. Just the courage and the, the spark that they all needed to make this community what it was. And the fact that it grew rapidly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a testament to where we live. And I love it. I agree. So that's really cool. Yeah. So we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed that you were surrounded by the history of our streets. Um, the big thing is you just ask one question 
And there might be a beautiful story that unfolds. All of the information we share today comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History.